Welcome to the UW family and welcome to the Husky Huddle Up podcast. I'm Carlos Guillen from First Year Programs. Hi, and I'm Jana Marish from Parent and Family Programs. In today's episode, we have a multi-episode discussion about advising. At this point, your students may already have participated in their advising and orientation session, lovingly called A&O, and have met with their advisors who may have already helped them register for their classes this fall. Or maybe this is news to you, <laughs> that yeah, your students will actually meet their advisors during their A&O session and get some uh, very, very wonderful help about how to pick and choose and how to register, and most importantly, for their, for their first classes at UW. Yeah, and, and your, your students will be meeting their advisors at orientation, um, but you might find that there are actually two types of advisors at the University of Washington. So we have general advisors as well as departmental advisors. And so general advisors really work with students who are pre-major students. So these are students who aren't in their major just yet. And these advisors have a really good general overview of all majors at the university and how to prepare and apply for those majors. Um, so normally a student would work with a general advisor in the first couple of years of their time at UW and then eventually start working with a departmental advisor. And so the departmental advisors are located within each of the colleges and schools at the university. And so these advisors actually specialize in the requirements for specific majors. So as soon as your student is admitted into um, a major and into a college, then they would start working with the departmental advisors to start building their classes and building their schedule so that they meet all the requirements for graduation. Um, and so knowing the distinction between the two, your students might have access to multiple different types of advisors um, throughout their time at the university. And of course, in addition to um, both the general and our department one, there's also a few specialized advising departments, one that's dedicated to our UW Honors Program, another one with our student athlete and academic services, and a very big umbrella, our Office of Minority Affairs and Diversity. But for this episode, which is divided into three parts, the first part will be a discussion with our general advising office called the Undergraduate Academic Affairs, or UAA Advising. This interview will be most applicable to the majority of our families, regardless of your students' specific major or program. And so the next two parts of this episode are really specific to the engineering and the business pathways. So we'll be interviewing and chatting with um, our colleagues in the Foster School of Business, as well as the College of Engineering, so the advising offices in both of those areas. They will then share how they help your Husky navigate through their first year. Um, and so while some students, you know, many of your students may have already been directly admitted to these colleges, we have direct admission to both engineering as well as business. Um, many of your students might still be interested in applying potentially to these majors in the future. So the information in all three parts of the episode will be relevant to you and your family and your student, regardless of their pathway. Of course, you are Welcome to listen to all three episodes if you have the time and you have the chores <laughs> to do it. Um, we also wanted to make sure that you 
listen all the way through because each advisor has some really, really great tips on how you can help support your student during their first year and beyond. And what we also hope that you'll hear is that all of the advising colleagues work collaboratively across departments and majors to provide guidance and support throughout your Huskies time at UW. No matter what department, no matter what major, um, these folks are really just um, well, a good-hearted people that just want to see your Husky succeed. Um, for more information, you can access links on our parent and our UW parent uh, and family website. You can check out our parent and family program guide. Page five and eleven are the ones that uh, talk about. Uh, all of the different advising and also their contact information. So up next, we start the show. We huddle up with our colleague Dan Feetham to talk about general advising. Hi everyone, welcome again to our Husky Huddle Up podcast featuring our special guest, Dan Feetham. Director of Undergraduate Affairs Advising. Also, my co-host today is Leanne Jones-Weil, Director of First Year Programs. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi there. Okay, okay. So what is, we're going to talk advising. We're going to be talking about how our first year students start reaching out their advisors and all sorts of questions. Um, so, but, but first, we should talk about how who are you, Dan? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, the, the man behind the microphone, as it were. <laughs> yeah, my name is Dan Feetham. I work in undergraduate academic affairs advising. I use the he and him pronouns. Um, born and raised in Seattle. I actually oh. went to elementary school on the Ave. So I am as local as you can get. I went to oh, uh, Garfield High School, Bulldogs, what, what? Uh -oh, uh -oh. So uh, yeah, very. I went to UW as an undergrad. I am. I'm wearing purple right now, so uh, I. <laughs> and I we will confirm. Place. We will confirm. Yeah, that. it's looking good. Yes. I, I see the I see the husky pride. Right all right, all right. So it seems like you've not really left the Av. Um, does that mean that the family is also um, UW centric? Obviously, you grew up. Yeah, so I'm a third generation husky. Um, my mom. Uh, didn't come here for undergrad, but did uh, come here for grad school. Uh, that's actually where she met my dad. So, um, okay. yeah. So um, I did leave for a little bit after, for after um, grad school. I actually lived in Philadelphia for four years, worked uh, at the University of Pennsylvania before I came back to Seattle. So are you and Leanne in the same building? <laughs> Currently? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we, we are uh, both. Uh, in our both of our offices are in Mary Gates Hall. Um, we actually both live in Northeast Seattle, so oh, there oh, you go. So uh, yes, we're 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 close. We're we're homies. It's, we're yeah. we're connected. Yeah, we, we oh. shall say that. Yeah, it's, it's it's super fun and challenging <laughs> and interesting. I will say to work uh, with folks that are so uh, focused on the first year experience and also bringing UW pride. Um, and so we think about that a lot and it's fun to work with Dan and his team in advising. We couldn't do our work without them. So it's it would just be a wrap. It wouldn't, it'd be over. 
no uh, right back at Leanne. Yeah, we would so. literally have no students entering the university, and so we'd have some challenges there. There you so, go. Yeah. So Dan, UAA advising, undergraduate <laughs> academic affairs advising. We love the jargons. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like who who do you kick it with on yeah, the summer so we're, of advising? We're the <laughs> largest pre-major advising office at the University of Washington. Our office works again primarily with pre-major students as they're uh, navigating their first couple years here on campus. They are um, deciding on their major, choosing which courses to take, deciding what co-curricular activities they want to get involved with. Um, so we're really helping students discover opportunities, discern what they want to do, uh, both at UW and beyond, uh, and then helping them, uh, you know, achieve their goals while they're here. Uh, one of the things, so you're working with students a lot. You talked a little bit about goals. Kind of why, like, why are you inspired to do the work at the UW? What inspires you? Um, so I, I always say it's that light bulb moment. So the University of Washington is huge. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's so big. And I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. which means it has so many opportunities for students. Our, our size is really our strength in the sense that pretty much anything that a student wants to get involved with, um, they can, which is amazing. But sometimes they can't articulate exactly what it is that they want to get involved with. They've got an idea or they're talking around sort of their background and, and sort of what they want to do. And I really like working in an environment where we can help students connect what their drivers are to opportunities and, and making that connection and watching the student come back and say, oh, I talked to this professor or I joined this club or I took that class and just seeing how excited they get is really inspiring. Um, so I think it's that light bulb when they just sort of see, oh, there, there's a name to what I wanna do and uh, I found it here and I'm connected and I'm really excited about that. We love those light bulb moments. Uh, we see it a lot in students and it's always nice to think about kind of what drew us here. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. I was wondering, Dan, if you could talk about is this work just done by yourself? Do you have, what's the team like? Yes, um, I alone students? advise yes, like, all I, of, no. I, I yeah. thought. I, no, 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 I have an amazing team that I work with. Um, our office has 16 advisors. We employ also nine peer advisors who also uh, help support us. And we actually work collaboratively with advisors from across campus. We're co-located with um, uh, several several uh, academic support units that mm -hmm. um, uh, also advise. So the Educational Opportunity Program, Academic Counseling Services is co-located with us along with a TRIO program, mm -hmm. a CAMP program. We also have uh, academic support uh, programs, which um, runs the largest tutoring uh, area on campus as well as some academic coaching. We're just down the hall from first year programs, Leanne's office. Um, and we're in regular communication with advising colleagues from across campus, both to help support advising policy, but really to help with handoffs of students and making sure that there's good pathways for students through the university. That sounds great. I also um, wanted to uh, just introduce uh, another voice to our conversation. You might have heard her in the previous episode, uh, Shanae Lechtenberg. She's a director of uh, advising for our engineering uh, college. And I just wanted to uh, mention, it sounds like you guys have this really great working uh, working relationship with all of the advisors throughout um, throughout campus. It's not just one type of 
thing or one type of group. Um, and so we wanted to kind of invite Sinead in that conversation. And, and I feel like you guys have some shared history about how your world intersect. And I was wondering if you could share that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I just I want to say a big shout out to Dan and his team because I think they have the most complex kind of advising roles really on campus. I mean, you know, there's over 160 different majors and possible options at the University of Washington. And to have this really big dynamic team that really can help students to navigate through that is really a huge, huge thing and um, helps students so much. So um, I'm just really in awe of all that his team does. But um, yes, I feel like in a sense, our team in the College of Engineering is sort of like a mini, a, a much smaller <laughs> version of kind of the UAA team, but you know, focused in um, the College of Engineering. So Dan and I have lots of um, intersection through just like thinking about first year advising, kind of what that looks like, what those kind of outcomes um, are, and what kinds of things we're trying to support students to be able to achieve throughout kind of their first year. And yes, I will say too, on a personal note, um, Dan previously was in my role in the College of Engineering before he moved to his current role. Um, and he has just been a huge mentor and supporter for me um, really in the whole four years that I have been here. Um, I did not have that UW kind of history background context when I joined the Husky community. And so really having his mentorship, guidance and support um, has made all the difference in my own transition here. And uh, we've kept up our tradition. We have our Friday morning coffees and hey. best part of the week is just to connect with Dan and kind of, yeah, chat about life. We love coffee. That sounds great. I oh love it. Oh my gosh, it. do we? We, we live it. We live it here. <laughs> okay, so I want to break it. I want us to be able to provide the insider info, right? So you have oh, yeah. advising in the summer. You have advising in the fall, advising in the spring. What does it look like? Help our families understand kind of what does that advising transition look like? So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the summer when we first welcomed students uh, through freshman advising and orientation. And, and Shanae um, leads the engineering freshman advising orientation, so she can talk a little bit about that specifically. Uh, students um, work with first year program for an entire orientation program um, where they come and they learn all of the facets about the uh, University of Washington. Um, and we get to partner with them on the academic portion. So on the first day of orientation, students um, get to meet with their advisor, the person who mm -hmm. will be their advisor in the fall. Um, and they learn about sort of the broad brushstrokes of what general education and what, what does the university education mean and look like. Um, and we break that really big theoretical conversation down to how do you choose courses based mm -hmm. off of uh, those theoretical foundations. Then students work with advising partners from across campus uh, in academic interest sessions. So they'll watch a video and then have a live Q&A session with our partners from across campus in various academic units. And those are really uh, conversations focused on if, you want, if you're interested in a particular major, how do you start coursework on that? And then the second day, that's really where the rubber meets the road. That's when students will be registering for courses. And they're going to do that in small groups or one-on-one, -on -one, depending upon which office they're meeting with. Um, but for the most part, they will have a point of contact 
um, where they are in, again, a small group or one-on-one -on -one where they are registering for their courses, able to ask questions, and getting to put together what they heard on the first day into an actual first quarter schedule. Um, and then uh, students are given contact information, and that's really the starting point. You really emphasize this is not the end. You are starting your process here at the University mm -hmm. of Washington. But they have a face and a name and a contact so that if they're freaking out mid-August, they have someone that they can talk to. Yeah. And when they arrive on campus, I mentioned earlier that the University of Washington is really big. When they arrive on campus, the first day of school, they know someone who can help them navigate this giant place um, and is here for them. So they have that point of contact moving forward. So that's really what we emphasize uh, during orientation. Sinead, do you want to talk a little bit about um, how the College of Engineering, because you guys have a direct-to-college uh, model, how that differs just a little bit, but there's also some similarities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like um, you're just jogging me to think about so many things that are so intersecting in terms of, you know, our different approaches, um, despite some of the unique um, pieces of the populations. But I feel like one of the pieces of framework that Dan really laid in the College of Engineering and now in UAA that we still <clears throat> are practicing, you know, to this day is it's like we've got two outcomes for A&O, like students are going to get registered for classes and they're going to know where to go to get more help, um, you know, later on. Those are really I think foundational aspects that um, Dan really built into everybody's sort of approach to um, the ANO experience and something that we still do. So we do have an engineering specific um, kind of ANO so that students start to meet other folks in their cohort, start to kind of understand what it means to be a part of the college community, really connect to the specific student services and um, clubs and competition groups study abroad, um, our career-centered engineering, all of those um, sort of pieces at that specific kind of A&O experience. I think something else or also that's a little bit different between um, what we're doing with students in A&O versus what the UAA team is doing is, um, you know, engineering has pretty prescriptive kinds of course requirements mm -hmm. generally. And so it's, you know, a little bit less in theory overwhelming sometimes for students to know it's like you're registering for a math, a science, and a general education course mm -hmm. generally, um, as opposed to students that are kind of really broadly exploring all different um, possibilities. So similarly to Dan, um, you know, and his team, our students will also find out like who their assigned advisor is at um, advising orientation, kind of know um, who that touch point is. And um, as they then progress into fall, um, I know I mentioned on the previous episode all about sort of the engineering first year interest group and, and e-figs, but that model, um, again, in partnership with Leanne's office is why I say we're all very interconnected, um, you know, really launches in some ways more of the backbone of the advising experience because students are going to do things through their efig like create their whole first year academic plan um, and have a lot of sort of support in navigating that and then they'll kind of keep connecting back to their assigned advisor um, as they get closer and closer to the end of the year where they'll kind of transition into their specific um, engineering major thanks for that like dan what does that look like for you in the fall um is it one of these kind of conversations where you're like, I'm not sure if I picked the right classes. Yikes. Uh, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. We, <laughs> I, I always uh, tell students that like one of the ideal points for an advising appointment is week three because week they have three. just had their first midterm and they, ah. 
like if they go in and schedule an appointment like week one for week three, they're like, oh, I don't really think I have any questions. And then they go take their first midterm and they're like, now I have a ton of questions. And mm. um, those questions range from, did I choose the right thing? Or, oh, wow, that got me really even more excited. What else can I get involved in? Um, so that's really kind of that sweet spot, but we, we really actually don't slow down as an office. Um, our fall quarter is, you know, sort of launches with dog days, which is a, a sort of our welcome week here at the University of Washington. We run some programming there. We send out our welcome email on the first day, and then we get going with students because students are re really eager to have those conversations um, with our advisors. We also partner with FIGS. So FIGS are sort of mm -hmm. the, the non-engineering version of FIGS, yeah. uh, which are first year interest groups. Um, in developing some modules that uh, our our peer educators help uh, deliver to students around um, general education and registration. Um, and a lot of their first quarter is just really helping them synthesize all of the things that are coming at them. So they're they're taking, mm -hmm. you know, three classes. It's probably harder than, than anything that they did in high school. Um, yes. They're meeting a ton of pe new people. They're overwhelmed with how many opportunities there are. And so it's really helping them sort of take a breath and help them create a roadmap for themselves so that it's not as overwhelming as it can be. Um, and again, it's really exciting and fun and there's a lot of stuff that they need to, to put together <laughs> to sort of help make sense of it all. Um, and so that's usually what we're doing in fall quarter. Okay. That's a fun fact. Dan, what is your connection to the FIG program? Oh, I was a FIG leader and I was a return FIG leader. Ah. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes. I, I, I am. All the onions are peeling levels. Yes. And layers. yes. So, um, you. Shout out to. First year programs. Uh, and you mentioned this piece around week three of the quarter. And I know that when oftentimes we're talking with families and trying to break down how is the University of Washington unique, it is, I do believe, what the quarter system and the pace mm -hmm. that we run might be a little bit right. different than someone that might be used to a fall semester for 16 weeks and then a break and spring. then a spring semester which is very much modeled in a K-12 um, in K some community college systems. Can you mm -hmm. talk about, like, what is what do you feel like is the pace for a student that comes in that's, like, 10 weeks? That's all from start to finish. What does that pace look like for a student? Oh, my. Um, yeah, I, I, it does feel very fast. And I think that for a lot of students, the thing that – that they miss in how fast it feels is that their first two weeks oftentimes don't have a ton of assignments and don't have any exams in those first two weeks. And they think that they don't need to be studying, uh, but they need to be studying from day one to be prepared for those assignments and those exams that are going to start hitting generally around week three. There are certainly units on campus, the mathematics department where you will have an assignment on the first Monday due and you be, better be ready for that. But there's a lot of units on campus where it's, it feels slow, but there's an expectation that you are reading on your own. There's an expectation that you're doing a lot of stuff outside of class. Um, and so when week three hits and then you have an exam or assignment every week for the next seven weeks, 
it feels really busy. And so um, we actually talk to a lot of students about how to manage their time and how to how to um, think about reading their syllabus in a way that they can understand what's expected of them early on. Um, but it feels fast for staff as well. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, you know, 10 weeks is less than 15. And so oh, yes. it is going to go faster than, um, or it's going to feel faster than a semester system. Yeah. Yes, one uh, of, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jim. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was going to say one of the things that I always, that uh, was new for me coming to the university was you always talk about weeks, like, okay, we're in week two, so this mm-hmm. means this, or we're in week three, this means this. And so good to think about how you map that out. Um, Shanae, I know you're working with a lot of engineering students. What have been some of the <laughs> observations that you've noticed about how how students have been able to successfully manage that feeling of being rushed? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that that Dan said that kind of stood out to me that I was thinking too is like really trying to teach students how to read and become experts in their syllabi is kind of like a key thing so that they really understand kind of a roadmap um, for where they're going. One of the things that we do with um, students in the eFigs in the first quarter um, is really create kind of like a week at a glance um, schedule with all of them where we really prompt them to think about the whole two hours outside of class for every one hour in class that you really need to be doing something to be prepping, reflecting on what you just learned in lecture, reviewing your notes, reading the next kind of piece of the textbook. Um, those kinds of things I think are key. I think one of the other things that we talk a lot about just at the university broadly but particularly in engineering or for um, students who are just taking more STEM kinds of courses. Um, You know, to Dan's point, like that first midterm in like week three feels like a shock and also can be challenging because the first midterm often doesn't go great necessarily, especially in your very first quarter. That's part of kind of the adjustment and kind of recalibrating and learning about what the expectations are gonna look like here. So I think at the UW, we talk a lot about like failing forward and really trying to process, ideally with your advisor, like what happened? What happened in that midterm? How much time did you spend studying or preparing? Uh, did you feel like you really understood the content you know, prior to taking that exam? Or were you kind of already going in with that gut feeling that you weren't quite ready? Did you access um, office hours? Have you been to Clue? Have you been to the Engineering Academic Center? You know, really trying to help students to kind of think through, okay, here's what my network of resources look like at the UW and I'm gonna have another midterm in two or three weeks. So how can I use what I learned from this first one and this kind of fast quarter system to use that to propel me forward so that the next one goes a little bit better and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's another big part of kind of what the experience looks like in that fast paced quarter system. Yes, I totally agree, Shanae. Like, I feel like semesters, I like to say, because I've never been in one, I, is luxurious. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's timing. It feels more like, is this my first month semester, you know, for my semester, rather than the very hyper, hyper intense, clipped <laughs> timing of weeks. Um, I often also mention that to families. This week one is definitely please get your advising, <laughs> uh, advising appointments, or at least encourage Huskies to do that now. Um, but I also wanted to say I don't want to make I want to make sure that we actually get you guys to tell us what do you hear from students 
during this time, during this first year, what types of questions that um, do you get? Uh, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be like the, you know, like super academic, but are there questions that you just, for some strange reason, you just keep hearing every year? Dan, would you? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, the common ones are like, I don't know what to major in, right? I, <laughs> I there, as Shanae mentioned, there's, you know, mm -hmm. Over a hundred different options here. I don't know what to major in, and mm -hmm. so a lot of our time is spent working with students on building a framework for how they're going to decide mm -hmm. their major. Um, sort of related to that, what courses should I take? What sequence should I do those courses? Um, we get a surprising number of questions of how long it takes to walk between buildings. <laughs> Y'all have Google Maps. Y'all can figure this out, right? So, um, and then we get a lot of a lot of students who, as Shanae mentioned, right? They they take their first chemistry midterm, and they do average, and they have been above average their entire lifetime, and so when they get that grade, it it raises a whole host of other questions. Um, Am I smart enough to do this? Did, am I doing the right thing? Am I studying something that I'm meant to be studying? Um, so I think that there's, those tend to be the types of questions that we get. And then there's a whole bunch of variations on a theme. Um, and so, you know, oftentimes uh, these questions are surface and, and you know, there's, there's a whole lot of uh, actually underlying questions underneath these questions. Um, maybe not the one between walking between Kane and Bagley, but mm -hmm. um, in, in general, you know, those, those are some really heavy, weighty questions. Uh, sometimes those manifest themselves um, by a student saying, you know, I, I want to major in X. And they say, oh, tell me a little bit more about that. And they say, I actually have no idea what I want to major in. Uh, and I'm just sort of lost. And so, um, you know, it, mm -hmm. there's, again, layers, as you said, to these questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just something really quick I want to build on that you just were saying, Dan, too, that I think is a key piece of what students are going through is also just thinking a lot about what their interests actually are, what they enjoyed in high school, what they were challenged by or maybe never had exposure to, and also what parents and families, what they think that you want them to major in, what they think some of that expectation is and kind of trying to figure out how to juggle that, how to approach that, what does that mean for kind of their path. Um, I think there's also like a lot of reflection and processing around that um, while students are kind of trying to, yeah, build the trajectory that they're wanting to go on, but also make sure, of course, that they um, are doing things that their family is proud of and mm -hmm. can support them in. I think that's another theme yeah i don't I, I i do hear that from families i also hear students are worried about their peers they're worried about what their peers will think if they major in something um which actually i think is as one of the other questions of like can i get a job after graduation mm -hmm. um and so you know helping a student sort of understand the world of work and the connection between majors and careers and where there's a direct connection and where there's no connection at all. Um, we actually partner quite a bit with um, the Career and Internship Center as well as C21 mm -hmm. and the College of Arts and Sciences on, on helping sort of expand students' viewpoints on the connection between their college education and work after graduation. But I think a lot of 
that concern about you know what will my parents think or what will my peers think is related to either real or perceived connections between their major and, the, and their eventual career. Thank you. Uh, that's super important to think about the peer relationship and to continue to level set. Sometimes you can think of everything, everyone's doing the same thing and it's actually not the case. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing those comments. Okay, Dan, we're gonna wrap it up because it's getting close to the end of our time. Uh, what are some things you would like first year students to know about UAA undergraduate academic affairs advising? All right, so the first is you have a resource. You can come in, you can you can drop it, you can schedule an appointment. Um, we're going to email you. We are going to <laughs> affirmatively reach out and say, hey, have you thought about coming in for an appointment? Um, and if you have questions, go ahead and ask them. Like that, we just want you to, if you have those questions, sometimes you don't know what those questions are and you've just been told to attend advising, that's fine too. You can come in and we can just have a chat about what's going on. That's okay. So that's number one. I'm also going to warn you though, when you do come in, we're going to ask you questions. So you're going to ask us questions, <laughs> but we're going to ask you. And often students are like, oh my gosh, why are you asking me so many questions? And the reason is, is that if we're trying to align your motivations, your goals, your interests with opportunities here on campus, we don't know you. So we need to get to know you and we're going to ask mm -hmm. you some questions. So that's going to happen. Um, the other thing is I have a colleague who says, you know, you might come in with a, a major in mind or something that you want to do here at the University of Washington, and that's a great hypothesis. Go test that hypothesis. Mm. But you can't really confirm or deny that hypothesis if that's the only thing you engage in. So you're going to have to take different types of courses and engage in different ways at the university to learn more about yourself and to learn more about the opportunities here on campus. And sort of to that end, like there's a ton of opportunities here at the university that you just won't hear about because there's so many opportunities. And again, if you are not asking questions of people who are plugged in and in the know, there's the, there's the possibility that those opportunities will sail right past you. Um, and so be in touch with people on campus and ask a ton of questions. Um, really the only way you're gonna get your ans answers is by asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, and so I say those are the big things that, that we really want students to be thinking about um as they're heading into their first year and second year here at the university i mean i think these are the, the, the real secret of all this is that you're going to graduate and you're not going to have all of life figured out you're going to be in your 30s and 40s and you're not going to have your entire life figured out but if you have developed skills around moving forward into an uncertain future by taking available information and bouncing that off of your values and your interests and your priorities, that's a skill that'll last you a lifetime. And that's really what we're trying to help you develop. And yes, we do it within the microcosm of the academic journey here at the university, <laughs> but you're gonna use those same decision-making skills when choosing um, what job you wanna take, where you wanna live, potentially if you wanna have a partner in life, there's a lot of things you're gonna be able to use these skills for. Um, and you get to practice them here with us, with wonderful people. That sounds great. Thank you. Can I sign up for my first year advice? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. We'll go get coffee. It'll be, it'll be a hoot. Oh, yeah. 
I'm in my fourth decade of life and I think I need some help. But I think this is really wonderful. To I hope that our families and our first year students um, can hear the passion in Shanae, passion in Dan, passion in Leanne for help. We just we are here, however big and wonderful UW is. There's a bunch of people here that are um, that are happy to help, happy to explore, happy to ask those uh, those wonderful questions um, to to get your student to be successful and to find that success in the best way that suits them. So thanks everybody, and that's it for now. We'll be um, adding some. Uh, links to pages about general advising, about engineering advising, some of these, uh, and decrypting some of these acronyms that you've heard Dan and Shanae uh, mention. And uh, we hope that you will huddle up with your Husky to talk about advising. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Shanae. Thanks, Dan. And thanks, Leanne. Thanks for having us. The Husky Huddle Up series is a collaboration between the University of Washington first year programs and parent and family programs to provide parents and families equitable access to information in support of their student success. The Husky Huddle Up is produced by John In, a senior in the UW Foster School of Business.